Welcome back to the Trombody Podcast, y'all. Kenneth Allen saying howdy doody. Uh, let's include thee in the new show. How is everybody doing? Um, like I said, I'm going to be bringing it to you every week. I'm recording now on an iPhone because I don't have my recorder with me. So I apologize for the uh, acoustic um, uh, difference here. So, so just, just take it with a grain of salt. Okay? Papas con salt. I used to work with this girl in, in Oakland, and she used to call white girls papas sin sal, uh, potatoes without salt. Because all these people, are, they're, they're just so fucking boring. All these white chicks are so fucking boring. The papas sin sal. I love that. She was so fun. And I guess anybody who works at, uh, at Paramedics Plus right now or worked at AMR knows exactly who I'm talking about. Um, so, uh, I just wanted to uh, bring you another episode and talk to you about what's going on with me. I have started back on the line. I have uh, done two days on the 2x4, on the 48-hour 96 thing. And nothing like going back on the line than starting with a wildland fire where I had to go, you know, troop up a straight-up hill uh, with uh, 300 feet of Pondosa hose pack and put out a fire because, well, you know what? Whatever. That's awesome. I'm glad I got a chance to do that, but holy shit, I was not ready for that. I was not ready for that kind of job right off the bat. Um, but I did it just like I did that TPE last the couple weeks ago when I did the, uh, the physical agility challenge. Just There's no other way to know if you're going to be capable of doing the job than having to do the extreme of that job. So anyway, so I did that. Um, Yeah, I know, I know. Badass. Just leave leave it alone. Don't worry about it. Just You guys can kind of aspire to be me, whatever. Um, But I'm I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just kind of good at what I do. Uh, it's so boring. I save lives and run into burning buildings and stop fires from, you know, encroaching on uh, homes, you know, whatever. What do you do? How's your life? So I'm, um, so I actually, okay. So I went and worked at the training facility this week and helped out with the new firefighter cadets and did life fire training. So I don't know if anybody out there doesn't know about the fire job, but usually if you start your fire academy with the fire department, you have to do about four months. And all those months are teaching you how to throw ladders, how to pull hose, how to uh, have a buddy system, how to talk back and forth to each other, uh, you know, and tap each other on the shoulder as you're going in and saying, I'm running, I'm going to advance this hose 100 feet. Copy? The guy next to you goes, copy, I'm running 100 feet. Okay. By the way, do you know why they say copy? You're supposed to repeat back the words that you were just told by radio because radio communication used to be um, so bad that you didn't actually hear half the things that people were saying by radio. So they'd say, copy, and you say, copy, advance the hose 200 feet. So you would actually copy back what they had told you. Anyway, all these recruits, um, you know, have spent three and a half months training for this stuff. And 
This week was the first time that they were indoctrinated into live fire. Um, they did get like some of that natural gas fire simulations last week, but this week we were burning uh, pallets and, and, and literally burning, you know, um, uh, carbon-based fuels. And it was, a, again, it's just a, I hate to say it, but man, I love this stuff. I love it. It's a gas, man. And that gas is carbon monoxide and carcinogens. But I fucking love, I love life fire training. And it's so fun. And, and we all learn something from it. Not just the recruits, but the, the instructors. So what I mean by this is that we're, we're, we have a tower. We have a fire tower at the training facility. And we have some Connex boxes that we've set up rooms inside, you know, makeshift rooms. And then we just simulate fires by lighting, um, you know, uh, delivery pallets on fire um, and lighting um, OSB wood and, and just basically create simulated fires for, for the cadets to come in, feel the heat. Um, experience the non-visible conditions of, of a real fire, which um, Nick Bittner uh, and a couple other guys did a really good job of recreating. They, um, they, they, they didn't get overzealous with the flames, but they did a great job of getting enough smoke inside those rooms where it was zero visibility and just hot enough that it feels like a real fire. I mean, in a real fire, you can't see anything. You can't see anything. And so you rely on sound and you rely on your hands to, to go and kind of feel out the room. And it's, you know, pretty scary thing. So, so these recruits were now getting indoctrinated into that. Um, it was a really fun day. And what's fun for the instructors is we get a chance to observe fire behavior. We get a chance to actually sit in those fires and watch what the fire and the flames are doing. Now, that may not sound like it's an important thing for us, but when we, it's number one, the, probably the most important thing to see is watching those chemical reactions and those rapid oxidation uh, processes happening in front of our very eyes. And, and, and then also watching what the recruits decide to put out and what they decide to move over and, and see them freak out and so forth because we never get a chance to see that. When we go into these fires, we're just putting water on fire. We're not taking a chance to observe this stuff. And so uh, as, as a cadre, as, a, you know, as an instructor, you get a chance to stand off to the corner, watch the, the recruits come in, and conduct themselves to put the fire out. And you get a chance to kind of see it as a, you know, a, as a, a third person, which is amazing. And it's really educational and super fun. I gotta say, it's so much fun. I miss, I miss this stuff. It, you know, and I keep going, man, these are carcinogens, bro. You shouldn't be, eh, don't take them in. But, and I, and I won't and I'm minimizing my risk of, uh, of cancer-causing agents, and I'll talk to you about that in just a minute. But, I mean, I don't know. Being a fireman, being a firefighter, being what I do, is still one of the most fun parts of my life. Going into fires, 
having big balls, feeling the adrenaline, and 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 saving lives, and and doing something risky, and and just making, proving to myself that I'm I still got it, is uh, is one of the most important things. It is the most important thing in my life. Doing that. So if I can't get that with any other job, then uh, it's not going to be as good as firefighting, you know. And 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 by the way, you're hanging out with your best friends along the way, you know. You're doing it with your friends, with your tribe, with your group, your hunters. I love it. It makes me feel fucking manly, and it makes me feel family. It's so good. So I got a chance to go to the BFO this week and work with the recruit class and sit in with them, teach them what I know, and then work with some amazing captains and chiefs. Um, two of the ones I want to talk about are uh, Alex Lee, who is uh, Engine 26, who is incredible, and Joe Vieira, who is Engine 24 captain, and he's just a badass. Both of them are menches, you know, they're just, they're just specimens, they're good people, they're aggressive, and they care about their job, and they do it diligently. So I got a chance to shadow them through this whole uh, drill, and I want to thank them right now just because they allowed me to do that. Um, they're, 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 they're probably the most important people that these cadets are going to run into. Yeah, of course, that there's and obviously Scott Trabert, who's down there, um, who, who's their, their training captain, is a badass. Whatever. He's going to be their one that they look at as like their teacher. But these two captains, Joe Vieira and Alex Lee, are the ones that are on the line. So these, these recruits are looking at them and saying, when I get out of here in a week and a half, I might work in their crew, and I don't want to let them down. And both of these captains are aggressive, they're smart, they can see around corners, and they are, you know, they, they, they want to do a better job. They want to do, they want to be great, not good. They want to be great. And if you've ever worked with them, you'll know that they, you know, if you're saying you're pulling ceiling and you, you think that the uh, salvage and overhaul is over, um, they'll just go, hey, you know what, do me a favor and just pull out three more bays on the wall there. I just want to check on that. And you go, fuck, I'm so tired. But you know what? Okay, all right, Cap. And you go do it. But you know why they're doing that? Because they don't, they want to make sure that the fire is taken care of. They want to go the extra mile to make sure that the problem is taken care of. And you could see them kind of in their beds at night thinking about this stuff and saying, you know, the next time that I go on this, I gotta make sure, and I know it might be me asking my crew to do a little bit extra work, but that's the best job. I wanna be the better captain. I wanna be my leader. I wanna be the leader that I would want to be under. And they present that to you, and, they, and they, they practice what they preach. They make you feel that you're um, under the, the supervision of somebody who's, who's intelligent, who works hard, 
and uh, who will do the extra thing to make sure that everything's taken care of. And I fucking love them, both of them. Great guys, and I just want to say thanks, guys, for, for doing that, and thanks for uh, allowing me to shadow you and, and just to kind of, you know, be a part of your teaching to the cadets. That was, that was good shit. I'm going to have Alex Lee on this podcast. I haven't talked to Joe yet, but uh, Captain Vieira, excuse me. Uh, but I'd love to have them both on and just kind of talk to them and pick their brains because these are the people that you should be emulating yourself after. They're the kind of captain where there's two types of captains that you can always look at. One of them is uh, the person that you fucking hate that is incompetent. But in the end, when you look at them, you just go, well, I know exactly what I don't want to be as a leader of a crew because you exemplify everything that I think is bullshit, right? And there's a couple of people, there's one down there this week that I'm uh, not a fan of because he's a cunt. Sorry, I couldn't even use the word cunt. I'm sorry, because you're not, you're not cunt worthy. Uh, uh, vagina is one of my favorite things on earth and I'm not going to uh, attribute you to one of my favorite things on earth. You understand that? Mm-hmm. By the way, I had this, this whole point the other day. Um, why do we call somebody who's like a wimp a pussy? If you think about it. And then why do we say like somebody's got balls? Oh, that dude's got balls. Because I think we're all backwards on this whole thing. Think about it. Your balls hang outside your body. Well, I mean, guys, you know what I'm talking about and then those who identify um, as men. You understand that your balls hang out. They are the most fragile little chandeliers hanging from your crotch. That all it takes literally is somebody to graze them. Be it a, you know, a, a, a woman, your friend to slap them, um, <laughs> your kid to run by and like head you in the, like head, you know, head, head knock you in the balls and you're done and you fall down to the fucking floor, you are crippled for at least a minute. Whereas, think about a pussy. You think about a vagina. Think about that thing. You just get into that. All right, okay, and I can only come at this from a male point of view, but you go into that thing with, 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 with your Cockleby Johnson, right? And you just start fucking. I can't believe I'm talking about this. And you just fucking nail it. What's a girl do? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. But I'm not going to get too graphic. I think I've already gotten too graphic. And women are like, fucking pound it, motherfucker. And to the point where you're like, oh, are you really? Because that's all I got. She's like, give me fucking more, huh? And then you're like, oh, okay. I didn't even think about it. All right, I'll try. That's all I got. She's like, that's all you fucking got? All right, watch my hand. Hand wizard. You know, she's working it. She's working it. And then she's like, fucking hammer me. And you're like, what? I can't. I can't. Needless to say, you beat the fuck out of that vagina. Like, it's a catcher's mitt. Like, you know, like Nolan Ryan just going after it with a 96-mile-an-hour fastball. And after you're done, five minutes later, girls are like, you ready to go again? I could do that again. Let's do it. So, what is stronger, balls or vagina? 
So why the fuck do we say somebody who's weak is a pussy? That's bullshit. The next time somebody's like trying to tell me I'm, I'm a badass, I just want to be like, oh no, you don't understand. Kenneth Allen, like fucking, he runs up into burning buildings. He kills it, dude. Like he got his ass pummeled. That dude's a fucking pussy, dude. Because he gets, like he gets, uh, he gets beaten up and he asks for more. He's a pussy. So anyway, that's a side note. I don't remember what else I was going after it before that. Um, but um, yeah, there's two different kinds of captains. One of them is the, the captain that you just look at and you go, I, I, I know exactly, you are personifying exactly what I will never be as a captain. Because for whatever reason, you just don't practice what you preach, right? And, or you have an ego about your position. You know, all those things can, can play into it. And it usually ends up being you're just not doing the job that uh, you, your, your title. You're not being a captain. You're not as good at being a captain. And so you have some inferiority complexes. And so you take it out on your crew. And, you know, or a person that you feel inferior to, you kind of have it out for them. And I've been the victim, or whatever. I've been, I'm not the victim. I've been uh, the subject of that uh, with, with a couple of, with one guy in particular, a couple of people. Um, and then when you confront them, when you talk to them about it, in all honesty, they kind of shy away from it. And they kind of say, oh, no, that's not at all. That's not how I feel about it. But then they'll go and talk about it behind your back. You know, that kind of stuff. Anyway, that's not leadership skills. The other captain, the other type of leader that you can be is one that has done the job that you're doing, one that would not put you in a situation that's unsafe or in a situation that he or she has not been in in the past, um, and one that, that honestly cares about you and wants success, um, one that is not... Um, problem-oriented, but uh, solution-oriented, so that, especially in this 911 system, when there's a problem that's thrown in front of them, they go, okay, here's three ways to get around it. We should do this, this, or this. How about this way? This seems like the easiest way. Guys, any, uh, any input on this? And somebody will say, yeah, how about we go uh, around the back and do it that way? How's that sound? He goes, oh, I didn't even think about that. That's a great idea. All right, let's go ahead and attack this from the back. Boom. You're working with this leader, and he doesn't feel like he's telling you what to do. What he's doing is rounding the troops up and, and coming up with the team's best idea. And that, to me, again, are these captains that I worked with this weekend. Alex Lee who's on one of the busiest uh, firehouses in, in the city. I think it is the busiest. Station 26 is a day and night run till you fall down station. And he's, he's a, a kind human being. He's highly motivated. And he just likes having a good time on top of everything else. Um, he was going after these recruits and saying stuff like, he, you know, these guys, they lost their partner during the search. And he goes, 
What's the one fucking thing you don't fucking do? You don't lose your fucking partner, man. Huh? Huh? If that happens, what the fuck? What do you think is going to happen to him in the fire? Huh? And they're like, oh, I don't know, sir. He's like, yeah, it's not going to be fucking good, huh? Shit. He goes, listen, listen, I want to explain this to you. Fuck the fucking chiefs. Fuck the captains. No, you are the most important person to me. You are the most important person to this fire department. Who's going in fighting the fires? It's not the chiefs, not the captains, not the engineers. It's you guys. And I'm concerned and I'm worried about you. I want you to be safe. And you got to be able to protect yourself and your partner. You understand that? Because you're the person that's going to put out the fire for me. Fuck me. I suck. I'm just a captain. I'm standing outside. Please, please take care of yourself and take care of your brother. Okay, sir? All right, guys? Please do this because you're what makes this department tick. And you're the most important person here. Do you understand that? Do you understand how happy I am to have you show up in my ranks and be a part of my team? I want you to know that. I'm so excited. I want you to be safe. Do you understand that? And that's why I'm talking to you like this. Yes, sir. All right. Well, good job anyway. But whatever. We'll take care of this, okay? When we get in the field, we're going to take care of this. We're going to handle this. And this is not going to happen again, right? Right, cadets? Yes, sir. That shit, you feel that change over from like him being that guy who's saying you fucked up to you're the most important person. And you can watch these recruits' faces shatter in disappointment and then just this growth of a smile and like this like you know, like this this winsome, like teary-eyed fucking grin because they know that he likes them. It's it's the stuff of William, William Wallace, you know, you watch that stuff uh, and you watch him do that and you're like, yep, he just made a difference. He just made an impact because he, uh, he made them realize that it's okay to fuck up, but what's important is that uh, you, you don't do that in the future and you learn from your mistakes. And I think we've lost this, this ability to say to somebody, you fucked up. That was wrong. That sucked. Anyway, what'd you do wrong? And they go, oh man, I fucked up. I did that. And they go, good. All right. So you realize what you did. All right. So let's not do that again. So for some reason now, pointing out somebody's failure is bullying. Uh, That can't happen in the fire department. That can't happen in the fire service or the police department or in the military or whatever you got where your job is based on saving people's lives. You can't not be able to tell somebody you fucked up. Because in the end, it's actually not your emergency. It's somebody else's. And you got to be able to perform beyond your own ego in order to help and hopefully save somebody's life. So it's very important that we get past this, I'm bullying, I'm being bullied. And you learn that sticks and stones break my, you know, that will break my bones. Words will never hurt me. And by the way, they're words that are truthful. Yeah, sometimes it hurts to know when you fucked up and somebody calls you out on it. Of course, it fucking sucks. I hate when I screw up. And when somebody points it out to me, yeah, I know, I know, mm, I know, I know, I'm sorry. 
And I, I, this is what I was doing when they did it. They go, I don't care what you're doing. But yeah, I see what you're saying, but uh, don't do that again. You go, yep, I won't. And you fucking, you, you kick your own ass. You kick your own self in the butt. And somebody there needs to call you out on it if you don't see it. So that you do it right. That's not bullying. That's teaching. And I'm going to do that to some student that I see screws up because I get that happening to me on a regular basis. If I don't have somebody there to correct me if I've done something wrong, I'll correct myself afterwards. So that's the society we have to be in. I don't care about the the tide of the new generation and the way that they see things. There are certain things that need to stay in place. And one of that is correcting yourself if you screw up and uh, and learning how to take criticism and learning how to take, um, understand how someone is speaking to you. That's the most important thing. The other thing I want to talk about is Joe Vieira, who's a uh, one of my favorite people on, on earth. I worked at, with him at Station 24 when they were uh, s- sending the squad over there. And this guy is just one of those people where he doesn't say much, um, but his, his brain is completely task-oriented when you're doing the job. And he'll just go, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, but go ahead and do that, but uh, definitely don't fucking pull that wall because uh, you're going to totally start the fire again, you fucking dumbass. I'm like, yep, okay, uh, that's right, Cap. But um, hang on a second, hang on a second, hang on a second. Yeah, the other thing, it just, I want to mention Joe Vieira, who also is a, just a fucking legend to me. He's a, he's a, yeah, just, he's a guy I want to work for. Uh, he's, he's the captain at 24. Uh, when they detailed the squad over there, uh, I got a chance to work with him hands-on. And he's also the USAR, um, USAR captain. He knows what he's doing. Guy's got skills, and he's got a wealth of knowledge. And I've watched him, you know, talk to people. And he just goes, dude, what are you thinking? That's, and they're like, what do you mean? Well, that was fucking wrong. What were you thinking? And then, you know, some guys are like, fuck him, dude. Like, listen to me. You fucked up. You don't know your shit. So Joe, Joe is just the guy who will he'll talk to you straight up and honestly. And, 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 I, and I think if you, if you grow up in this kind of world and you're worried about somebody saying something about your, your, your abilities... You don't have a fucking chance in the fire department. If you, you, you're not expected to know how this all works. Um, the best part about Joe is he'll, he'll just walk up to you after a call and just go, well, uh, uh, just had a question real quick. Um, what were you thinking when you did that? And you just go, I don't know, dude. I just totally fucked the poodle cap. And he goes, oh, yeah, no, no, you totally, like, not only fucked it, but, like, um, you, you you made ever you made the poodle fuck us all too. So you you uh, yeah no it was bad. I mean it was not only bad but it was epically bad. And and he's just looking at him and he's just giggling his ass off. And then this this whole thing of like is he is he bullying me? Am I the butt of the joke right now? Yes I am. 
Yes, I am the butt of this joke. And uh, you might as well just seep it in and just love it because, like, he's got, he's got Pete Franco over there. He used to have Juan San Maria over there. And they would just take, um, they'd take pleasure in, in just pointing out the probie's inability. And of course, it didn't kill anybody. But, man, you got to be able to take that criticism because Joe is just waiting for you after the call just so that he can make a joke for it. And you know why? Because you're going to learn from it. And then also because the joke happens and you realize it's not that big a deal. He's actually laughing with you, not at you. You know, you're not, yeah, you're the butt of it, but so what? It's like, ah, yeah, my mouth is open, <laughs> right? You know, the fart joke's on, you play sometime, you know? <laughs> and and it's, the, it's one of the best things in the world to be, uh, to be fucked with. I don't know if, if, if anybody else in this world understands how important and how, um, how intimate and how nice it is if someone has decided they're going to fuck with you. Because it means that you're in. You're in with the family. And they can say things to you that they wouldn't say to a stranger. They're going to mess with you. And, you know, of course, that's, that's, that's all. Uh, Joe, Captain Vieira, has that innate ability to just kind of look at you and go, that was really good and confident. Confident work there. How did, how, uh... How, how many times? I don't know. I don't know how you could uh, get that hose knotted three times. I mean, one time I understand. Two times, that's a challenge. Three knots in that hose line? Wow, that's uh, that's that's. I, I wouldn't even know how to do it. I, I you should probably teach a class on how to get knots inside your uh, hose line. Anyway, uh, what's up? What are you cooking for dinner tonight, bro? You know, um, and he's not only that though. He's uh, a guy that. He just, he, he, he'll look at you and it's like, you'll see he just wants to get the thing solved. And he just looks at you and goes, so what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to do that. He goes, all right, cool. And, he, and he'll walk away. Like you go to a fire and he won't tell you what kind of hose to pull. They won't tell you what entry you're going to make. You decide that. You're the, you're the firefighter. You're the most important person. You're the one making the advance. He's going to do a 360. When he comes out, you better be ready to go with the hose line in the alpha side of the building, and you're going in. Otherwise, I'll walk up to you and go, um, <clears throat> uh, what's going on here? Oh, no, we're just going to get the hose. Okay, okay, let's get this hose flaked out, huh? Let's get inside the fire. Uh, you know, and, you know, other than that, like, it's just fun, because, like, he actually came up when I, and I said, hey, can you mind if I shout at you, Cap? He goes, oh, yeah, oh, somebody else was going to do, oh, no, fuck, fuck no. Yeah, no, no, you can... Somebody else is supposed to go in with me, but fuck that. You're, you're coming with me. Yeah, yeah, you're coming in with me. You're coming, you're coming in with me, dude. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. Like, we're going to have fun together. We're going to have fun together. And, and, you know, I've gone on a couple calls with him. We've gone on big fires, good fires, mobile home fires that just erupt in, like, in the space of one minute. Fires go off. Um, and he's and he's in an area at the south end of the, of, of uh, the east east side, and they just they go on they go on bad calls, and he's the captain on these calls, and he just keeps the crew feeling good after the call when it's a bad call, he'll just get in the rig, everybody's 
quiet, and nobody's talking, and he'll just go. Well, that was about the worst call I've ever fucking been on. Anybody else? <laughs> you know? He'll just, he'll just drop that little bit of knowledge. You know, he'll drop that little bit to, to make everybody go, oh, fuck, I know. I didn't want to say anything, but that sucked. He goes, yeah, fuck, it sucked. <laughs> so it's, it's in a way that it's like you don't, you don't need that PTSD debriefing if you got a good captain like that where after the call... When everybody's feeling it, you're just kind of driving home, going left, going right, and then this guy just goes, well, that was one of the worst fucking things I've ever seen. You guys feel the same way, or are everybody okay? And everybody goes, fuck, that sucked. I didn't want to say anything. He's like, I know, I didn't want either, but I had to because I'm the captain. <laughs> you know, he's that guy. And, and, and not only that, but... I don't, I don't want to just point out how good he is with the troops. Um, I, I've been on a couple of uh, high-angle rescues with him, uh, or low-angle rescues, at, at the Metcalf uh, dirt bike range. And, and he just shows up and he goes, okay, what, what are we dealing with? Oh, there's a guy that's, you know, down a mile away off a trail. We're going to have to take a, 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 a basket down and pick him up. He's about 50 feet from the trail. All right, cool. Um, Paul, get over here. Boom, 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 boom. We're going to bring that up. There's the Stokes. And go. And he just smokes it because he, it's not an issue. He, the guy just knows his job. And when you, when you hang out with a, with a solution-oriented person and you run this job, it's, a, I got to say, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to work with these guys. It's it's a joy to watch them orchestrate the rescue. It's a joy to be with them. And you go, yeah, I know exactly how I'm going to do this because I know exactly what he wants. And I'm going to perform for him because I don't want to be a non-performer. I'm here because this is a meritocracy. This is one of the few last vestiges of a meritocracy. Where you're, you, by that I mean your merit gets you the job. Not you know, whatever you look like or whatever sex you are or whatever nationality you are. Meritocracy in San Jose is because you're good, you got the job. So now we don't have to think about your sex, your creed, your religion. You're here because you know how to do it. And I'll tell you how to do this thing here and I know that you can follow my instruction. Or if you have another idea on how to do this, I'm all ears. That's fucking Jovier, man. That's a, he's a good man. And, and, I, and I, again, I had a great, great time with these guys. And I want to continue doing this teaching. If I can't keep doing the firefighting thing, oh my God, how much fun would it be to just keep doing I'll be able to, I'll be able to do it, I think. But, you know, I, I, that's what I'm thinking as I'm doing this. I'm going, shoot, man, my sinuses are getting exploded. I'm getting all, you know, I'm getting all congested and everything, but I'm just going like, what a great time to hang out with these guys that are more than just firemen. They're more than just a captain. They're a, a person that I would want around me in any situation. I want to hang out with these. If, if the shit hit the fan, I would want to be with them. Does that make sense? You gotta surround yourself with people like this 
then there where uh, if something were to go wrong, at least you're with your cadre. At least you're with your brothers. At least you know the guys that you're around literally at, at, at this moment are going to make things better. They're problem solvers. They don't create problems, they solve them. And they're teaching this to the cadets, to the recruits. They're teaching them that. It's a beautiful thing. And one more thing I want to talk about, which is gorgeous. Um, I've been talking to the guys in San Jose about cancer prevention, about how to decrease the incidence of cancer. One of the things we talked about with Darren Wallace was um, getting some kind of wipe, some kind of, you know, like a, a towel that you, after you get out of a fire, you just wipe yourself down with. And he said, we'll just get like disposable towels. I said, fuck that. Let's just get, um, let's just get like, is there any way we could just have like rags? Because I hate waste. Can we just get rags we can wipe ourselves down with, with rags that are wet and then we'll just wash them afterwards? He goes, yeah, absolutely. Let's, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Goes away. Couched that idea. You know, I just go, yeah, whatever. I'm just talking out of my ass. I show up at the fire academy. This is what they're doing. As you come out of a fire, they have two big, giant fan blowers where the cadets and the instructors walk over to it, stand in front of this fan going, you know, at 6,000 RPMs. And you just sit there and it blows whatever excess carcinogens are on your turnout clothes off of you. That's the idea. It may or may not work, who knows? But they're trying this. And they're showing, and they're, excuse me, excuse me, they're showing the cadets that this is an important thing. So we go and do that, and then, guess what? Look over on the side, there are two tubs of rags and water. And you take the rags out, you wipe down your face, you wipe down your neck, you wipe down your ears, you throw the rag inside the dirty rag pile and that to be washed. Then you take another rag out, you wipe down your mask, you wipe down your regulator. They're doing it. San Jose is at the forefront of cancer prevention. This is one of my most favorite things that I've seen in any fire department. I don't know if any other fire department does this, but they're doing it. We're doing this. We're, we are trying to be at the spearhead of cancer prevention. And, it, and even if we're just doing a wipe down, it's a, it's a conscious reminder that cancer is ever present. It's always there. And we should do every little bit to take care of mitigating, of negating this risk for everyone. And they're teaching it where? Not just with the fire crews. They're teaching it to the academy recruits. And that is something amazing. And that is something I have not seen or heard of happening in any other fire department. And this is a big department. That is incredible. And to that, I, I got to attribute it to, to Darren Wallace, uh, Sean Caldor, and jeez, um, um, I don't know. I don't know who, who, uh, who else implemented that. But that is something amazing. Scott Traber and, and maybe Scott Deal, whatever. 
who's who's setting this up. But that is um, is something that these recruits are going to learn in training to become a firefighter. That if it's not there on the fire grounds, they're going to be asking why it's not there because they learned about it first during class during school. That's amazing. That to me is 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 a game changer. And uh, I'll, I'll show you some footage. I'll put that on the um, on the website on on Facebook and then also on the website of the the buckets where they they have the the rags. That to me is um, fire. It's the fire department who gets it. And I, I was I was really, really happy to see that, and very um, impressed. You know that really made me. It warmed my cockles. Anyway, I said my cockles, not my. Anyway, that really meant meant a lot just to see that. So, guys, listen to me. Um, enjoy yourself. I don't know what, what what I wanted to say was just it's important that we're we're teaching these these new ideas, but also still um, not afraid to be the the instructors that can call people out if they fuck up. So at some point we're 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 connecting the old with the new, and this is a very important thing. If we can still hold tight to the old tradition of making somebody humble and own up and be responsible and be a better firefighter that's number one and then two is let's make ourselves live a long long time and have a good retirement and that is the doctrine and the incorporation of new uh, practices that, that keep us safe and clear from cancer. Because I'll tell you, I'm telling you, um, fuck cancer. Fuck it. Fuck you, cancer. You're a dick face. I hate you. And honestly, you, you're, you're a dick. And um, I don't... Um, listen to me. I, I, I'm telling you right now, um, you're, you think you've got balls, but I'm a fucking pussy. So you go ahead and take your best fucking shot, but this pussy's fucking ready for you. Hey, listen, this Ken Allen saying if you got it, use it and use it real hard. Just fucking use it. I love you guys, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Remember, uh, Amazon.com, go through Traumedy Podcast, and then click on the banner. You can buy whatever you want. Anyway, if you got it, use it. Love you.